0: Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore, to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today we are going to be talking about the Bermuda Triangle and for some reason I've always had an illogical fear of the triangle even though I've been there. What about you? I think that for whatever reason I want to think that it was like in a lot of kids shows or something because I feel like I remember hearing about it like a lot when I was a child like quicksand right and that's not really an issue as an adult. For you. But I too am irrationally afraid of the Bermuda Triangle. I love the beach and going to the beach, but I am afraid of the ocean. Yeah. Because we don't know so much of what's in there. I want to say, though, when we were little, like history and travel channel, I believe, had a lot of like Bermuda Triangle ate another ship. What's to be expected next? When I was trying to do the research for this, I was like, where are those? I want to watch those again because it always freaked me out. I couldn't really find any. I found a couple, but for some reason they weren't as scary now. (laughs) No, I feel like everything I saw, it was just like, and poof. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I need to think there's a kraken or, I mean, we'll get to it, but Atlantis. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we took our honeymoon to the Bahamas and we went through a piece of it. And I remember booking the trip. And then like a couple weeks later, I walked in and I was like, wait a minute. They like go around the Bermuda Triangle, right? (laughs) He's like, no. I'm like, well, we're going to die. Do they not know? You know, I forgot to tell you this, but Ben knows so many people of, like, all walks of life. I was like, hey, one of your many friends, Mr. Popular, I need a pilot or a stewardess. A sea Can captain, even. A sea captain. even. Well, I was thinking specifically flights because I felt like that was more yeah. common now-ish. Yeah. But I was like, I want to know, like, what they know about the Bermuda Triangle. Fair. Are there any, like superstitions for them, you know, because if they're doing it relatively often. The person who he spoke with was like, no, <laughs> it's just treated like any other place in the world. And she was like, I don't really fly that area. They not tell her? Maybe. Maybe this goes very deep. Well, we'll give you some more details if you haven't somehow heard of the Bermuda Triangle. We'll tell you where it is, what's happened there, and then my favorite part, the theories of what people believe is happening currently. So the Bermuda Triangle is located in the Atlantic Ocean, and it's basically the area between Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. So it makes a perfect triangular shape. It ranges from like 500,000 to one and a half million square miles of ocean. So it's not the tiniest of places. It's actually a very big chunk. That's quite the discrepancy. But if you put it against the entire ocean, though, like it is a very small piece And then that also helps make it a little scarier that there's that much ocean, that much unexplored area. You know how I feel about oceans. You know how. Her face fell. (laughs) I just, I felt like weak in the knees as you said it. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Well, the Bermuda Triangle is also known by many different names. So a couple of the most popular ones are the Devil's Triangle, Deadly Triangle, Limbo of the Lost, and Hoodoo Sea. Those are fascinating to me. Limbo of the Lost, I think, is the strangest. I've never heard of that one. I've heard of the others, but not that one. That was in, like, one article that I saw, and I was like, okay, we'll go with it. (laughs) The term Bermuda Triangle was coined by Vincent Gaddis in a 1964 magazine article in Argosy Magazine, and he was using the term to describe an area where there seemed to be a disproportional amount of disappearances of ships and planes, which I was like, hmm. I also saw, too, like this was a very popular trade route, so there's also more aircraft and boats going through that area. Right, right. So it has more opportunity to happen. Yeah. And then the first book that was written was by Charles Berlitz in 1974, and he actually wrote several books on the Bermuda Triangle and just strange places in the world, like kind of curiosities, if you will. And so, so he, he published several books on this, but after his first book, then that's when fiction stories started coming out where people would write like, Ooh, what's happening? And it's still happening. There's a few movies that are relatively recent. Oh yeah. We'll talk about them at the end. And I did watch one of them. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> I have opinions. And I also have questions. Play a lot of questions. So the earliest account may actually be from that bitch, Christopher Columbus, in 1492. Apt introduction for Christopher Columbus, by the way. I think it's fitting. I think it's fitting. Yeah. But it wasn't called, obviously, the Bermuda Triangle at that time. However, he wrote about some odd occurrences that happened when he was in that area. So things like his compass malfunctioned. There were mysterious Mm. lights over the water. (laughs) so strange so strange and uh at one point i guess he saw a flame go from the sky to the water during one evening (gasps) ditloff baby ditloff oh my gosh it is he caused ditloff pass he absolutely caused ditloff pass (laughs) typical typical columbus typical typical he noted that the sea might have been rougher in that area than any other time during his voyage from some of the articles I saw. For some reason, I can't find his actual writings. (laughs) Some believe that William Shakespeare's play, The Tempest, might've been based on a real life Bermuda Triangle shipwreck. And it was called the Sea Venture, which was part of a fleet that was carrying some supplies to the Jamestown colony in 1609. And I guess during a storm it wrecked. And the first instance of the play was in 1611. That's the first time it was Hmm. performed. I can see that. That's not too far away from one another. Yeah. Did you assume that this was a widely known thing that everyone should avoid the Bermuda Triangle and that the government probably knows, don't mess with good old BT, keep it on moving? I guess my child assumptions about the Bermuda Triangle very much had transferred to my adult logic about the Bermuda Triangle. I assumed that this was just well known and that you just didn't mess with it. I guess I didn't think about it as often until I went on my honeymoon and did a cruise to the Bahamas. And then I was like, oh, people just go here. Like, it's normal here. Maybe it's just, I don't know, the coin flip is worth it to see the Bahamas. (laughs) At least it was for me. (laughs) But I mean, after going and I was like, okay. And oddly enough, there was some random storms that happened. Mm, Just saying. Just saying. But I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm still like kind of nervous to think like, oh, Let's go back or let's go around there. Like, I feel like I still have that uneasy feeling when I think about it, even though after, especially after researching and we'll go through more, like there's not really that big of a stressor, like when going there, but there kind of is too. Like there's a kind of a lot of weird stuff that happens. So it's like, I I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but kind of. That's an answer. Yeah. What does the Coast Guard think? Well, the Coast Guard, uh, funny enough, I went to the Coast Guard's website and on their FAQs, there is, does the Bermuda Triangle exist? And the answer, like, they they talk about it. They say the Bermuda Triangle (laughs) or Devil's Triangle is a mythical geographic location located on the southeastern coast of the United States. It is noted for the apparent high instance of unexplained losses of ships, small boats and aircraft. It's funny that they say the word apparent, <laughs> like they're like, it's aggressive. Yeah, they're like calling it out. They're sick of our ship. Yeah. And then they, they go on to say the Coast Guard does not recognize the existence of the so-called Bermuda Triangle <laughs> as a geographic area of specific hazard to ships or planes. And yeah, so I don't think that they're buying it. No, they're not buying it. And they're also not having it. <laughs> it's, I think it's both. They don't want to entertain it at all. They're, yeah. They're not even having the conversation. They're just like, absolutely not. Because I mean, how many times do you think like, they probably get people being like, oh no, something happened and nothing happened. I mean, maybe, but, but a lot of things do happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be talking about aircrafts, but also boats or ships. We're going to call boats and ships the same thing interchangeably. Is there a difference? Probably. But I'm going to call them the same thing. I think that's like a big thing that people are against is if you call their boat a ship or vice versa. Like, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. I know. But I'm just going to tell you it's going to happen and you're going to have to get over it. Yeah, that's why I was starting with this. I was like, look, (laughs) I'm not a seafaring woman. I have been on boats. I've been on a water taxi. For a brief period of time, I was a tour guide on a ship called the USS Taney. That's docked okay. in Baltimore City. That was like one of the last steamboats, steam ships, if oh. you will, steam-powered ships. And I could tell you how the steam engine worked. Don't know how I could do that because I can't even tell you how my car engine works. Anywho, <laughs> or not, that's neither here nor there. But so we're going to call boat ships and we're going to call ships boats and it's going to be what it's going to be. So <laughs> per the International okay. Civil Aviation Organization, an aircraft is considered missing when the official search has been terminated. And they haven't found the wreckage. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting because I would imagine, like, I in my brain, I was like, oh, if it's missing, it is missing. <laughs> Not it's missing right. when they're done looking. Because they could have right. an investigation open for, I don't know, some crazy amount of time. And also it's unclear how much wreckage needs to be found for the plane to be considered recovered. Oh. So when we're thinking about, like, missing aircrafts at least and what's reported and how we view those numbers, it's in light of this definition, at least in modern times. But so before technological advances, it was pretty common that planes used to disappear pretty often, which that sounds terrifying. I can't imagine being like, "Mm, 50-50, let's give it a go. Like, (laughs) I don't... It's a no, but it also didn't occur to me that commercial planes are a relatively recent invention, right? Like it wasn't like they were like, okay, we're flying now. Let's fly a hundred people. Right, right. Also per Aviation Safety Network, 24 planes went missing in 1944. That seems like a lot to me. (laughs) That's a lot of planes. Yeah. The year with the highest instance of planes going missing was 1944 and during that time commercial flights weren't even typical so that's just personal planes going down and another kind of interesting little wrinkle is that it typically is private crafts that go missing more usual than commercial flights right because if we were losing planes at i feel like at a high rate in commercial flights we would know more about it but it does happen it do happen. But there's a website called IB Times, and I'll list. The, I'll put this infographic on our Instagram. But they have an infographic of planes that have gone missing by year, and it doesn't even come close to 1944. No, it goes from 1938 to 2014. So it's a little bit aged, but like it's a very top-heavy list, which would make sense because they you know improved planes as time went along. Right. What I like about it is it does show which planes are missing and which ones were found. And by when I say which ones were found, there's like five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not many. But also when you consider the vastness that is the oceans on Earth, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to act like I understand how currents work and how they work with one another. So I would imagine wreckage could get kind of... Displaced over time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what's been happening in the Bermuda Triangle? There's been a lot of unexplained disappearances, and they weren't widely known until the 20th century. Don't like that. The range of missing vessels is claimed to be as high as 2,075 aircrafts. And I've seen a variance of numbers, but they were all very high. Yeah. Since 2001, 13 planes have disappeared, and it's credited with 8,000 disappearances or deaths since the mid 19th century. And I think another important thing to note is that the infographic that I was talking about earlier isn't Bermuda Triangle planes gone that have gone missing. That's just planes that have gone missing period. Right. So it's interesting that they're like, no, 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 there's not an unusual amount that go missing. But then you hear a number as high as 75 and that feels like a significant amount. That's a lot, a lot, yeah. One of the first recorded instances of a disappearance or strange occurrence in the Bermuda Triangle was in 1874 on a vessel that was called the Mary Celeste. So when this boat was found, it was found by another boat. And when it was found, the entire crew was missing. It had originally been traveling from New York to Italy, and it had seven crew members, including Captain Benjamin Briggs and his wife and his two-year-old daughter, What's interesting, too, was that the vessel was loaded with raw alcohol, and for the most part, all of the cargo was still intact, which I would think was a little bit strange because I would assume there were nefarious forces at work that maybe would have wanted to steal the cargo. Right. Or if they jumped off, maybe, were all the safety measures off the ship or vessel, if I'm saying it wrong, or whatever you want to—the floating device. When the boat was found by a ship that was passing it named the Degrada, they found that there was no crew. And the lifeboat was missing. Also, nine barrels of cargo were empty. There was a sword on deck. And there's never been any trace of where the people went. They didn't bring their sword? They did not bring their sword. Hmm. But when the ship was investigated, they ruled out a pirate attack because most of the cargo was intact. And because the valuable belongings that the crew members, as well as the captain, his wife and daughter, had on board were still intact. Well, clearly the Bermuda Triangle ate them and the pirates. Yeah, I mean... Of course. Captain Hook has is no match for the Bermuda Triangle. All right. Well, that is that is very weird. <laughs> it, it's weird that they ruled out the pirate attack. And also, like, do pirates actually carry swords or is that just Disney? Is that a thing? I do not know, but I would imagine that swords were probably a much more efficient weapon than like a musket or like a cannonball feels like a bit overkill if you're like, I'm going to steal some alcohol. Did they find any cannonballs on board? Not that I heard of. Oh, was there any eye patches? Oh, you know what? I forgot to say it. There was a whole stack of them. Got it. It's funny because what they had done is they went to their favorite Etsy seller and they were like, you know, I'm really just feeling like I need some glitter. Like if I'm going to have to wear this thing, I might as well like it. Much like how we are with masks now. Yeah. Yeah. Etsy was popping in 1874. Oh, for sure. Dearest ma'am, please craft me your finest eye patch post haste. I don't think the pirates would say please though. Craft me your finest eye patch post haste. Hag. Thank you. Does that sound better? Yeah. That's a pirate for sure. Oh, I should have added an R in the beginning. Yeah. Done. I like it. I like it. So in 1881, there was another strange happening with the Ellen Austin. Ellen Austin was a ship sailing from Liverpool to New York and encountered a ghost ship like the movie. So what I mean by ghost ship, unlike, not just the movie, but there was basically a ship with no one on it. And so some of the crew from the Ellen Austin got on that ship and they tried to sail both ships back to New York. And then a bad storm happened and separated both the ships. When the Ethan Austin reunited with the ship the following day, the crew was gone. That's actually pretty scary. And a thick fog rolled in. And it obscured the view of the ship. When the fog lifted, the ghost ship was gone. Could you imagine being the second group... Of people who had to go into that ship. Like, they would have had to draw straws, I feel like. so I would have been like, mm, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I have to um, rig a sail on the starboard side of the ship. And I couldn't possibly. Well, the the white fog, though, that comes up later in other things later on in history. So keep that in the back of your mind. Mmm keep her tucked away. In 1895, Joshua Slocum was an experienced sailor and he set out to sail around the world by himself. Sounds like it would be very low. And he was sailing from Martha's Vineyard to South America when he disappeared. And many folks attributed his death to the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. I'm assuming they thought he was like around there at that point. In March of 1918, the USS Cyclops, the U.S. Navy's largest and fastest fuel ship at the time, disappeared while leaving the Caribbean on its way to Baltimore. And it disappeared somewhere north of Barbados. There were 309 crew members and there were no clues where it went. And that feels like a lot of people that just poof disappear. So one of the reasons why they like realized it was going missing was because nearby ships ships were reaching out to them and nobody aboard was answering for that time the ship was well equipped enough to have been able to send out a distress call if there had been issues and there was no distress message that was received or maybe it couldn't have been sent maybe it's the fog but i don't know why but that is my sound of like the <laughs> of this episode, so I'm sorry. Well, I was thinking about it because a lot of these, and, and we have so many more that we'll briefly talk about because if we talked about every single one, we'll be here all day. But it seems like a common thing is like something happens to these people, but no one ever asks for help or they don't get the chance to ask for help. And it's like maybe there, their systems stop working for whatever reason, but something is happening to where either they're not having a chance to send it or they're not able to send it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that particular fact is one of the things that, to me, makes the Bermuda Triangle a little creepier, is that, like, that you can't scream for help kind of wrinkle, if you will. In 1921, the Carol A. Deering was a five-masted com- commercial schooner and it disappeared in january of that year it, it was found in the shores of north carolina and there was there was some chatter about the ship having possibly been involved in rum running at the time and investigators from barbados had reached the ship that, and they found that the crew their belonging the ship's navigational equipment the logbooks, and the life rafts were missing oh Yeah, and again, we're just going to recycle the same name over and over again. In the Outer Banks in North Carolina, the ship is known as the Ghost Ship. In 1941, the Proteus was carrying 58 passengers and cargo of ore from St. Thomas to the East Coast of the U.S. It vanished in the Bermuda Triangle as well. And then soon after, its sister ship, the Nereus, was carrying 61 people and traveling the same route, and it disappeared from the Bermuda Triangle on the same day. Creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. But for that one, that makes me less like, woo. because if there was like a freak storm or something like that, it's more likely to me that people traveling the same route on the same day would encounter the same weather, perhaps. But it's It's ghost pirates. It's it's for sure ghost pirates. Thank you. You're welcome. Creepy. Ghost ship, ghost pirates. On December 5th of 1945, one of the most famous disappearances is called Flight 19, and it was five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers, and they took off from a naval base in Fort Lauderdale around 2.10 p.m. They disappeared from the Atlantic Ocean. They were supposed to be completing a three-hour training exercise, and before the exercise, they thoroughly checked The planes and everything was fine. The weather was good. There was realistically no reason for anything to go wrong. The flight's lieutenant, Charles C. Taylor, got concerned when his compass failed and he was worried that the planes were going the wrong way. He instructed the bombers to fly northeast, thinking he was going back towards Florida, but he was leading them further into the Atlantic. The closer the planes got to the Bermuda Triangle, it's said that the weaker the signal from the radio would come through. There was a couple emergency transmissions that were picked up by a control tower. And I will say very late, listening to (laughs) dramatic reenactments of these transmissions, It made me really uneasy. Yeah. And now I feel really stupid. But one of them was, we can't find west. Everything is wrong. We can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange. Even the ocean. Ooh. Even the ocean. 20 minutes later, there was one final transmission. It says, we can't make out anything. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. It looks like we are entering white water. We're completely lost. And when he mentions white water again, I feel like it's that weird fog again, right? Yeah. So eventually the signal was completely lost. Here's where it gets even weirder. Minutes later, a PBM mariner flying boat Left on a rescue mission. It radioed once before it too disappeared. Huh. Also, I looked up white water and what it is in the ocean. Because it's an mm-hmm. actual term. Per thefreedictionary.com. It's used to describe either a stretch of water with a broken foamy surface, like rapids. Like think white water rapids. Or mm-hmm. light colored seawater, especially over shoals or shallows. Mm. No, that's fair. I was just like, what? Why? That's interesting. Like why they would call it that. But like, why would the plane be entering white water? Like, would he say I'm flying over white water? Not. I think that may have been what he meant. Like basically that there was like something happening in the ocean that was agitating it. Yeah. Right, cause not just a wave, but something that like the water itself was. Kraken. For sure, Kraken. Yeah. Everyone knows that large sea animals can disrupt radio waves. Yeah. It's science. Yeah. It's Kraken science. Kraken science. I'm pretty sure you learned that in like third grade. Yeah. It's part of a bar bar. It's part of Barmuda Triangle Which also like Is that some of the name Of someone's bar Because if it's not You're welcome You're welcome I can't name it Our Basement Bar Because our Basement Bar Is the Velvet Goat And that's better Than Barmuda Triangle Anywho I literally have a bar Being delivered This weekend (gasps) You have the Barmuda Triangle Barmuda Now I can't even speak Right Now you have the Barmuda Triangle I am going to make a sign You better Yeah yeah. Uh, We're just going to start Making things About all the things we talk about and we'll have a lot of obscure very specific items (laughs) and you need to understand what it is yeah perch on a perch perch. yeah though (laughs) you will be quizzed and graded so there are many articles that include what's called official Navy reports on the topic of Flight 19. However, when I pulled up some of the reports, and you know, for all I know, it may not be all of the reports, but the official reports, I don't see this, this description in there. So many of the reports, though, that we were able to find say that it was as if they had flown to Mars. And in one report, it even said, we are not even able to make a good guess as to what happened. Like they were just like, no idea. Everyone's gone. Super comforting. Yeah. Now, here's something weird. And I don't know how tr- I-, I don't think it's that trustworthy. But there is a whole website dedicated to someone that believes that they solved the mystery and that they found one of the Avengers. And they found it 15 months after Flight 19 vanished. That's very close after. So that would be that makes me kind of lean into that a little bit. I'm liking it so far. Okay. And so there's this report that says that the TBM Avenger crashed in the Everglades. Oh, mm-hmm. they got got by gators. Maybe. But again, it's not, I don't know. I don't want to say for sure it was solved. And also it doesn't really solve all of it because there's more planes. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. We're probably not going to get to all of them. But in 1948, the Star Tiger was the British plane that vanished while carrying 25 passengers, six crew members, and no wreckage or any info was ever found. In 1949, the Star Ariel, another plane left Bermuda going to Kingston, Jamaica, when the flight suddenly lost communications when it attempted to switch to the Kingston frequency when it was flying above the Bermuda Triangle. Weather was clear and the flight was going smoothly, but the plane still vanished. Weird. In 1954, a U.S. landing ship called the Southern Districts disappeared, and it was last seen near the Bermuda Triangle. Now, the weird thing is, is In 1955, there was one piece of evidence found along the coast of Florida and it was one life preserver with the ship's name on it. That's eerie. Yeah, that's super eerie. You would think that, I don't know, more things would have been floating around, but no, all I could find is just one life preserver. In 1963, the SS Marine Sulfur Queen was a large tanker carrying 39 passengers and cargo of molten sulfur, which was last seen near the southern coast of Florida. They searched for two weeks, but they never found, like, comprehensive amounts of wreckage. They only found pieces of debris and, again, a life preserver. In 1967, the Sylvia El Osa was a cargo ship that had 37 people on board when it disappeared. They only found pieces of debris and multiple life preservers. So here's another odd one. In 1967, there was a cabin cruiser called Witchcraft, which I loved. And on December 22nd, it left Miami with its captain, Dan Barack, And he was an experienced sailor and his friend, Father Patrick Horgan. And it was a 23-foot luxury yacht, but also called a cabin cruiser, which again, I don't know boats, but I've seen it called various things. I've seen pictures of it though, too. I just always think in my head, like yachts are gigantic, but I guess technically not. (laughs) So their goal was to go and look at Miami Christmas lights, which would be kind of fun on a boat, ship, yacht. I'll say all of them so no one can get mad. Yeah. Once they were a mile out, the Coast Guard received a call from them, and that was about 9 p.m. Dan had called and said that they had hit something, but there wasn't significant damage. All he needed was a tow, so a tow back to shore. He was very calm, and he didn't mention anything about sinking or anything, like, catastrophic happening, right? When the Coast Guard got there, which was only about 19 minutes later, the ship was not where it was where they said it would be. There was no wreckage. There was nothing found. They could not find any sign that had ever even been there. And I want to say it was by one of the buoys as well, like, you know, how they they labeled the buoys. <laughs> so it, I want to say it was like seven. But anyways, a couple weird things. The boat itself or ship or yacht had a flotation device in the hull, which in a diagram, it looks like the underside of the boat, like kind of inside underside. That's the technical term. And what that did is even if, let's say the boat filled with water, it still would have floated, like that device would have floated up to indicate where it was was not seen anywhere. It was also strange because it was well prepared. It had life jackets, floatable seat cushions, and flares. If it sank, they should have theoretically been waiting for help, right? Like on one of those floating things, unless, you know, Jaws came. I don't know. So the Coast Guard then alerted all ships and boats to be on the lookout for the cruiser. It was essentially a rescue mission. And then the rescue mission was abandoned on December 28th and the men in the boat were both classified as missing. Now, here's another strange instance that I found while poking around online. I was looking for more information about Dan and what came up was this random article And it was just words, nothing like there wasn't, I don't know how to describe it. There wasn't like a full website where, oh, this article is part of this, Mm, I got you, magazine or part of whatever. I don't know where it came from. But anyways, it, it was written by Charles J. Abrams III, and when I looked him up, he basically is an author that writes a lot about ghosts and does a lot of ghost things, so I like him, <laughs> but he believes he might have been communicating with Dan Spirit at Gallen Hall Golf Club, and <laughs> I guess he was doing like a, I don't know, a talk there. And he received responses. And I I don't understand what he was describing, but what I believe it was is like dowsing rods, maybe. And he received basically energy responding favorably to the name Daniel. I don't know if he went through names or what, but it, it liked the name Daniel. And then he received a negative response when he asked him if he had died on the property. And so he didn't understand what, what was happening. I think he like left or the talk was over. And later, a historian named Carl Riedler emailed him and said, perhaps it's Daniel Burick because he had some ties to the location. I guess he was before, years before, he was the owner of the resort when Galen Hall had burned down in April of 1963. So she's like, perhaps he like came back because this was, like, one of his most loved places. Oh. Also, he sounds like he was, like, capital R rich with his yacht and his owning a country club. And I find it more peculiar that a person who is rich enough to own a country club, they would likely have, like, a very fancy yacht, I would imagine. So, like, this wasn't, like, a little speedboat or, like, a lowercase y yacht. I would imagine it was a a glamorous gal, if you will. Yeah, so... It was just, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that, you know, when I'm looking this guy up and then it's like, I might have been speaking with his ghost. And I haven't actually seen any work from Charles, but everything I did Google about him afterwards where I'm like, who is this guy? He seems really interesting. Hmm. So I will have to follow up with him. And by with him, I mean, read some of his books. I also, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit, but there's another instance of a medium with ties to the Bermuda Triangle in a bit that I absolutely love and that I just need to know everything. So now that we've gone through a lot of the happenings, let's get to my favorite part, what people believe is truly happening. So we're just, we're going to, some of them we're just going to talk about briefly. Some we have a little more on. One theory is sea monsters, and I love the simplicity of that argument because I have yet to see any scientific reason to believe it's sea monsters. It's just kind of, it feels like a real shooting from the hip. Did you see anything? You know, well, science doesn't know everything that lives in the sea yet. You know I know that. I know, and so it very well could be sea monsters. I know a lot of people just go, nope, but there are giant, I don't know, there's giant whales, right? Like... There could be something bigger. We don't know. We don't know. And no one knows, like, no one has seen it. So doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It craves the taste of metal. Yeah. It just loves boats and planes. It thinks they're a crunchy snack. Yeah. Okay. Also, I'm not going to like this one either. We're just starting with two that really just hurt me in the soul. Aliens. (laughs) And it's kind of like tongue in cheek in some articles where they're like, perhaps the people were just abducted, but also perhaps the people and vehicles were abducted. Yeah. Some folks even think that there's a secret United States Navy base in the Bahamas that's linked to aquatic alien activity. So in case I just never wanted to sleep again, we're going to mix aliens (laughs) with shit we don't know in the ocean. I don't like it. I picture them in little submarines. Mm. Oh, they're like, oh, oh, they're not, they're not water aliens. They are aliens that are in water. Yeah. Yeah. They might be the thing, like they might be the sea monster. I don't, no, 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 no. I don't like that. That's what I don't like. I'm okay if they're in those little like old school scuba outfits with the dome that looks like an astronaut, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that I'm okay with because mm-hmm. that's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you talk about a space kraken, I don't have words. Her face fell. Again, it does. So Amanda and I are on Zoom because Skype doesn't work. And we always, we want to see each other's faces. And we have various filters on. And however, I'm like pastier than normal. We're going to blame it on this app. But it's almost impossible for me to get paler. And I think I did. Oh yeah, she she lost her nose. And then when she goes too close to her, her mic, her lips go onto the mic. And I love it. Oh yeah, because in Zoom, you can give yourself lipstick, a beard and eyebrows and you know how okay so like i was thinking of this earlier but we were talking about things that weren't relevant not that it is relevant now but you know how they say like bde right for like big dick energy Mm -hmm. i need people to start talking about good eyebrow energy because i the last time i had my eyebrows done i looked at the woman who had done them and i was like i am a brand new bitch (laughs) and she Looked at me like I was insane, but I was a brand new bitch. Well, I want to say that the entire podcast today, I have been wearing a cartoon mustache. It's magnificent. It's very curly. And so I think it's great and it adds a lot to our discussion. And it makes you take me seriously. Yeah, I did. I've did. i never taken Amanda seriously before now. But now that she has a mustache, I'm thinking that maybe she knows what she's talking about. A curly cartoon mustache yeah but anywho we're talking about theories for the Bermuda triangle (laughs) not about our uh our lie eyebrows and lips right and amanda's new mustache yeah it's great it's beautiful so back to aliens real quick The nickname for the secret Navy base in the Bahamas is called Underwater Area 51. Creative. Creative. And when I was looking for this and like information on it, there actually is a Navy base on Andros Island and it's to test underwater vehicles, weapons and systems. So it's possibly not wrong. Yes, you're welcome. Well, okay, okay. I'm going to need to unpack that for a bit in my, in my own self. So I'm going to have another sip of my Raspberry White Claw and just ponder that where you told me about time warps. So another theory, and I'm just going to lump these together, it's time warps and a gateway to another universe slash possible black hole. Hmm. I know they're very separate things, but... The reason why I'm lumping them is because there is a very strange story occurrence, if you will, that happened to Bruce Gernon and he was a flight instructor and he claims to have escaped an incident inside the Bermuda Triangle in the 70s. He describes it as like an electric fog. I started watching a couple videos on it and there's books on it as well. And there's even a website called electronicfog.com that he's written about. He's like a researcher and a theorist on the Bermuda Triangle now. He's written three books on it. He's also been included in like every documentary on it. So he's a pretty big deal. But anyways, now what happened is he believes that there might have been like a micro space warp, time warp, something that he went through when he was in this fog. And just to put it as simply as possible, basically his plane was submerged in a gray haze and his like compasses weren't working anymore. Okay. Okay. He flew for, I mean, it makes sense. He couldn't do anything else, but just fly. Right. So he flew pretty much blind for a couple minutes. And then finally his radio informed him that he was actually flying over Miami. And when he looked down at his watch, 40 minutes had passed. He though had traveled a distance comparable to 90 minutes of flight. Okay. I have a question for you. It involves a bit of a refresher. Let's go back to the beginning of October and we're talking about rainbow vortexes and people encountering them. Oh. And that we think there's might there might be one out another place on the east coast that has one in addition to Black Forest, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think you said a place in London too. Yeah. But what if there was one in the Bermuda Triangle and it just wasn't in a place like it wasn't in a place where there was land, so there wasn't as much known activity. Like there's nothing to say that if there's like look if there could be a rainbow vortex in the dining room of the Lee's home, why couldn't it be somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, that's fair. It's very possible. I I mean, this guy (laughs) survived it. And I feel like, I mean, he could be making a ton of shit up. But from a couple articles, and again, I haven't read his book, so I don't want to misspeak or anything. But some of the articles say that he didn't use as much fuel as he should have for traveling that distance as well. And it could have simply been like, maybe it malfunctioned, right? Like maybe it wasn't giving a proper reading. I don't know. Yeah. But it seems very strange. So yeah, he either traveled through time. Yeah. He went through some sort of weird like black hole vortex type Mm -hmm. thing where like he was going and appeared in a different place. I know it's a stretch but I mean there's there's books written on his experience so I don't know. I mean we're gonna get through it but I don't have a solid answer here. I'm a question mark on all of these because nothing, and I think that's one of the things that makes the Bermuda Triangle so interesting is that there's not one theory that's like, yeah, it hits everything. With Ditloff Pass, you had your crazy wind. In uh, Ditloff Pass, you had a very intense wind theory where they were building like shelters and all this stuff that like ticked off everything on the list, with the exception of tongues and eyes, that like you really could use to describe everything. But I think with the Bermuda Triangle, like, what is there in this world? Right. That is going to, I mean, infrequently, but frequently enough, affect both sky and water vessels, especially in like some similar ways where crew members just go missing. That's very strange to me. Mm -hmm. Where you can, you know, be flying and suddenly you're over Miami and you haven't used as much fuel. Right. 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 It's very weird. And like the fact that he says he was like in fog and the fog was like, yeah, it's very specific. Yeah. An electronic fog. That's very strange. Very, very strange. So some believe it's due to strange happenings surrounding magnetic fields. I feel like I might be the world's biggest noob when it comes to understanding how the magnetic fields of the earth line up and how that can alter things. Cause I always feel like they're like the magnetic fields. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me researching the magnetic stuff because I was like, I get that that's how like a compass works and that's about it. That's all I understand. And I barely understand that, so okay. (laughs) But it is a location where the magnetic north and the true north lines up. Now what that means, true north, otherwise called the geographic north, is the direction pointing towards the north pole. So think of Santa. (laughs) The magnetic north is the direction towards the north magnetic pole, basically where earth's magnetic field goes vertically down the earth. My eyes are glazing over. Science. Okay. Yeah. So it may, because of like the lineup, the magnetic field might be off or skewed in a way. And then because of it, that could be causing some of the compasses to malfunction, some of the electronic equipment to stop working properly and maybe even radio waves. So when I said maybe they tried. Yeah. and they couldn't get their way like it to go through. Maybe it was because of the strange happenings with like the magnetic field in that area. Yeah. This is also why it still kind of makes me nervous cuz even if I, you know, maybe it's not ghost pirates, maybe it's not a kraken whatever, sure. But this is something that does happen there. Like this is The magnetic field, like magnetic fields are real and they can be skewed, and that could cause you to go the wrong way and get stuck in the ocean forever. I don't know. But this one's real and it makes me nervous because it's there. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's very fair. Also, This could be, I guess, and I tried to look it up more and I can't find a lot on it because it's not very well known, but there's something called ball lightning. And there's a couple videos of where people have captured it and it's like lightning that sticks around for a little bit longer and it looks like a ball. Some believe like because of that concentrated area with like the magnetic issues, it's <laughs> is the best thing I'm going to say, it it could be causing weird phenomenons like ball lightning. And some even go as far to say as maybe that's what Christopher Columbus saw in the sky. Also, others say it was probably just a meteor. Who could know? Huh. It's definitely weird and that this theory of like of the magnetic issues make some of the stuff that happened make sense. Not necessarily like the disappearances, but compass is not working in most scenarios, right? Yeah. And just what if the mechanics of a ship or whatever just stop working because of, I don't know, a magnetic weird storm that happens. Something weird. Just it's weird. Yeah. Another theory is simply that the area of the Bermuda Triangle is just naturally dangerous because, you know, Ocean, yes, lots of ocean, lots of um, hurricanes and tropical storms. I guess pass through mm-hmm. that specific area, so it's very, um, it's very just dangerous all around. In addition to that, there's something that I learned. Oh, there are things that are essentially water tornadoes that can occur. It has a more sciency name, but I prefer water tornado. I too like water tornado. <laughs> it's to the <laughs> point. Yeah, yeah. The Bermuda Triangle is also home to a lot of the deepest underwater trenches. I don't like that. I don't like it. I need those to be deep in the ocean. And when I say deep, I don't mean physically deep. I mean, like, far out away from land. Yeah. Like, very, very far. Like, so far that I didn't even think about it. Yeah. But they're there. And no. Some people speculate that maybe that's why they can't find the wreckages, is because they're falling into these super scary deep trenches, and you can't get there. Mm -hmm. Lindsay does not like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Like I'm actively nauseous at the idea of like sinking that much. Other ones that people speculate it could be microbursts or there is a lot of talks about hexagonal clouds. And the pictures of it look like, think of like cloud coverage and then weird like hexagon shapes out of the clouds over specific areas. And I guess what some people say is like, They could be creating high winds. Some people call them air bombs. And they're like shooting blasts of air that hit the ocean and cause very big waves. And that if that happened at like the right precise moment as a plane goes by or like as a ship sails by, that it could theoretically cause a shipwreck or a plane crash. When you were describing them at first, I thought of them as a glitch in the matrix, like these perfect <laughs> hexagons, right? Yeah. Are you looking at them, what they look like? I am. It looks like, ready? Snowflake-like mold covering the earth. Like that's how it looks mm-hmm. when you're looking at like a photo of it looking down. It's very strange. I mean, some some scientists have like dismissed that altogether, but some are like, yeah, it can cause this in other parts of the world. And if that's happening there, then this, you know, could potentially be causing issues with aircrafts and things like that. So don't know, but it is, I mean, I guess it's a possibility. And then (laughs) some people have simplified it as it is simply human errors, various amounts of human errors that lead to all of the people missing and all of the equipment breaking. And I mean, I guess technically that could be true and it could just be various it it could just be many different small baby errors that make up all of these I just maybe I just don't want it to be as simple as that I want it to be something crazy I feel like human error wouldn't account for ships with no people well I mean maybe they made the call to jump out because they thought it would be better than or quicker than getting the lifeboats together I don't know like maybe it was like a quick decision and then it's like oh the ship didn't sink and they just like made the wrong call in all of the research I saw for ships that were basically abandoned I didn't see any note of severe damage it was like kind of like someone just like moved out. I didn't see anything that said like, oh, probably thought it was going to capsize. Like if I f- and I feel like that's something that we would have seen if they were like, hey, there was giant damage. They hit a giant iceberg. Right, right. No, th- I understand that, but I'm saying like what if? I don't know. What if they saw that weird electric crazy fog and they're like, uh there's nowhere else we could go and the boat is heading towards it, jump out. I'm making up stories in my head, okay, that I am unable to imagine jumping out into the open ocean with no land in sight. My brain just doesn't, it doesn't let me. It's like, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. that is not what I would do either. But I'm saying that's a human error. Okay, Amanda, though, let me tell you about my favorite theory. Okay, I'm excited. It is, in my opinion, the most whimsical of them. And it's Atlantis. I, this is a big one, and it took everything in me to, like, rein myself in. Uh, Atlantis was first discussed by Plato, and I didn't see when he when exactly he wrote about it, but he lived from 424 to 328 BC. And he described Atlantis as, as I mentioned before, an advanced kingdom that sank into the ocean in 9600 BC. He said that it was larger than Libya and Asia Minor put together, which is pretty damn big. And it was protected by Poseidon, just thought to be the god of the ocean, right? And that it was ruled by Poseidon's son, Atlas. And that as their power grew, their ethics declined. And that what had happened was that Atlantean armies conquered Africa as far as Egypt and as far as Italy in Europe. So they were not satisfied with the ocean and they wanted land as well, which if you think Aquaman, that really follows the plot of the movie. But so they were supposedly driven back to their island of Atlantis by an Athena-led alliance. And that soon after, their island was riddled with natural disasters like floods and earthquakes, which caused the island to sink. Now, interesting. Do I know where Plato got this? No. Cool story, bro. So there's a little bit more on Atlantis. So in 1670, a Swedish scientist named Olas Rodbeck published a four-volume work trying to prove that Sweden was the original Atlantis and that all languages were descendants from Swedish. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Oh, okay. There's also a theory, real quick, that I've read about years ago that basically aliens have taken over or disguise themselves as Swedish people. That's so specific. Yeah. One day when we cover aliens when I am brave enough, we're gonna have to talk about that. Well, isn't that gonna be a topic of discussion fairly soon? Just saying. (gasps) You know, it is. And just in case you don't know, the stimulus package that was recently passed wasn't just about stimulus money for government agencies, corporations, and some people. It also was a way for Congress to get a whole bunch of stuff done really quick because people wanted to get the stimulus package passed. So as part of the stimulus package, some documents about the existence of aliens have to be turned over within 180 days of the bill passing. And it was like they didn't want 2021 to be good. Yeah, I've seen people with countdowns on when the alien news will surface. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of stoked about it. I was so okay not knowing. I don't need to know. What am I going to do with that information? Stress about Nothing. it. I don't need to know. Stress. <sighs> I'm not saying I'm not going to be stressed out about it. It's more like, I just I just want to know. Because like, I feel like it's kind of ignorant to say, I'm the only al- thing that's alive in this universe. You know, like... There's more things. No, I definitely believe in the existence of aliens. I just don't need proof unless it's going to affect my life. It soon will. Oh, God. 2020. The sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I like the head tilt with it. Yeah. The sequel. Uh, and then your lips fell off onto your microphone. Yeah, just to, to clarify, that's the filter of my lips, not my actual lips. My mustache stays in place. Well, good for your mustache. (laughs) Anywho, let's get back to Atlantis. So in 1938, Edward Case was an American mystic and prophet, and he predicted that a road that led to the temples of ancient Atlantis would be discovered. That's very specific. And so this is what he said exactly. A portion of the temples may yet be discovered under the slime of ages of seawater near Bimini, expected in 1968 or 1969. Not so far away. And just an interesting note about Case. He had hundreds of prophecies about Atlanteans, which is like another rabbit hole that I want to like go dive down because fascinating. So, yeah, in the Bermuda Triangle, there is a rock formation that's known as the Vimini Road or the Vimini Wall. It was discovered in 1968. (gasps) Same year. That's the same year he said. Yeah, which and that's exactly what he said, right? So I'm like, Ooh, he knew. Yeah, and like, I didn't see anything that said like he is in touch with scientists who study this sort of thing, right? But so, yeah, the Mamini Road or Mamini Wall, whichever you want to call it, rests on the sea floor about 18 feet beneath the surface, and it's like kind of on the northeast southwest line, and it's straight for about a half a mile, and then curves into a hook. Next to it, there are on either side, I believe, there are two other similar rock formations that are kind of like smaller versions of it, if you will. And it's made up of a limestone block. Okay. And the way it looks, it looks like it's been cut into rectangular shapes that have kind of over time worn to, into a round shape. And each block is about 10 to 13 feet long and 7 to 10 feet wide. And the two, the two side ones are, as I mentioned before, smaller and kind of have proportionally similarly sized blocks. Yeah. And the limestone is carbonate cemented shell hash that is native to the Bahamas. So it's like it makes sense to be there. Uh-huh. And carbon dating reflects that these blocks have occurred naturally, though. But that doesn't necessarily, in my brain, that doesn't exclude the fact that maybe this was still a road to a town. oh okay that or hear me out remember when i was talking about ocean aliens Mm, i don't want to what if the atlanteans are ocean aliens they absolutely could be i mean who are we kidding they're advanced civilization Mm -hmm. they have their own island it's actually a ship yeah like and then they went into hiding and that's what the government's gonna tell us later I don't want it. I just like seeing the expression on her face when I just make it more ridiculous. She likes my deep sadness where I'm like, it's not 100% wrong, which means it's not impossible. (laughs) Impossible. That's what I want it to be. I want it to not be a thing that could ever even make sense. But maybe 2021 is the year that we find out that we've got aquatic aliens that have just been swim swamming about. Mm -hmm. In the deep trenches of the Bermuda Triangle, and that it's nightmare time, baby. So, interestingly, like we mentioned it in the beginning, that the U.S. Coast Guard is like, this is nothing. Like, you think it's something because it's been sensationalized, but this is just, like, stuff that happens. No biggie. One of the things that I thought was particularly fascinating was that there's an insurance company called Lloyd's of London, and it's an insurer of marine vessels. And that when right they are insuring vessels that are going to go through the Bermuda Triangle, they do not charge a higher rate. And, like, let me just tell you, if, mm-hmm. there, was, if there was, like, more danger there, they would be like, insurance money! You know what I mean? They would definitely be charging a higher rate, I feel like. Fair, fair. And again they say that no no more than any other place do these occurrences happen but when you think about it like logically in this it's huge it's a huge amount of space but when you compare it to the full ocean it's very tiny it's just a lot a lot to talk about a lot of missing people a lot of missing vessels and then also we're kind of close to it i think that's also what makes it makes it a little more chilling is that it's not very far. Yeah. And yeah, I've sailed through there and that still I still feel like all of the compasses should have fallen off the boat somehow and I don't know. The <laughs> Yeah. Half the boat fell out somehow. And yeah. And then I see like the Kraken's arms everywhere. And then space aliens coming out from <laughs> from the water. Ah! Yeah. Pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs> So there's all, I mean, we talked about there being like books and both fiction and nonfiction earlier, but there's also tons of movies that kind of like feature the Bermuda Triangle. And some of the most recent ones are Hotel Transylvania 3. I'm going to say I love that series. I don't know if you've seen it. So cute. But it's adorable. And my son has the um, Mavis playset. Mm, I love her. And she sleeps in a little coffin thing. It's so cute. As she should. There's also The Triangle, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, and The Island. So Ben and I watched The Triangle. And look, if you haven't seen this movie from 2009, I'm not going to feel bad about giving you spoilers. It's basically one of those movies where like it's a time loop and like things keep happening. <sighs> and I did not like it. Shocker. But here are just like, <laughs> I'm here, are my questions from the first 10 movies, minutes of the movie. Are you ready? Yes. I see Questions, questions, comments. This girl comes to the marina looking upset. And let me just tell you, I would not go on a boat with a stranger who looked off. Okay. Who goes for a sailing trip, then takes a multiple hour nap, especially if that's a day sailing trip. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Weird, weird. Uh, she's then steering the boat. And if someone looks like a little, like they're not doing great. Or I don't want them steering the boat that I'm on. Fair. Sally's a real shipbird. Then yeah. my husband went, this lady is obviously off. Um, she remembers, like, time is all messed up for her. And she doesn't really remember anything. Okay. This lady's name is Jess. That's when I find out. And then the boat is not doing well. And then it's at this moment that I remember that my husband is scared of boats. And I've made him watch a horror movie about a boat. Oh. Watch Harpoon next. Oh, this movie is making me very nervous. And to be honest, some of this violence is funny. Oh, we've got an axe. That's all I have because I was just like annoyed at that point because I could like see where it was going. Yeah. And it was too predictable. But I watched it. Thank you. So you don't have to. My brother loved it. I was like, meh. Judged. It's terrible. It sounds fantastic. Um, oh, out of what you've said, though, I would highly recommend Hotel Transylvania 3 above any of the others. I do think the... For me, the triangle is slightly spooky, slightly creepy. Not my favorite place. My theory, I do believe, obviously, the magnetic fields have something crazy happening there that does cause things like compasses and possibly other electronic things to uh, go crazy. And I think that that could potentially lead to a lot of bad things. As far as the people disappearing, clearly it's through a vortex and they're in another dimension. Another dimension, another dimension. I, I knew that was coming. Um, no, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know how to explain how the people disappeared, and I do think it's very strange that that one pilot went through some weird fog and ended up somewhere else. Can't comprehend what actually happened to him there, but there are books on it. I don't know. Like I don't know. I just know that I'm. I'm not a fan of it. What about you? Yeah, uh, I think I'm thinking Atlantean aquatic aliens. Okay, that. Power a rainbow vortex. Got it. Fair. Yeah. Makes sense. Love it. With ball lightning throughout. Oh, yeah. Like Ditlal style ball lightning. Yeah. As always, we'd love to know what you think. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Even the ocean. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at truecreepspod, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash true creeps pod and on Twitter at true creeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps.